0: Today on the podcast, we'll be diving into building your village as a working mom.
1: So let's dive into the show.
0: Hi, Emily. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom
1: podcast. Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you.
0: Yes, I'm so excited that you're here. So can you start by introducing yourself, your family, your career, and describe what you're doing with the Connected Mom Life?
1: Yeah, sure. So I am Emily and I live in Dallas, Texas with my husband, Mike and our two boys who are six and three. So we are kind of like in the thick of the little years (laughs) and Mike and I both have pretty crazy careers. He's a partner in a CPA firm, and I'm a consultant for an ed tech company. Both of us, at least, used to travel quite a bit for our careers pre-COVID too. So there's just you know kind of constantly always something going on. And as part of our careers, we've actually moved two times over the years, and so that has kind of what sparked the the connected mom life, which is a community and a podcast all about supporting and empowering women to create their villages. Because with some of these different moves, I I have been without a village and it was the worst. And I just know that we are just as humans, not meant to do life alone or to mom alone. And so my mission and purpose with the Connected Mom Life is to help women stop trying to, and to help them find their circle so that they honestly just never feel like the odd mom out again.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. I think that's such a great mission and purpose and so very needed. I know especially like for myself, I moved to a community about three years ago and I still feel like I don't have that many connections.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it is hard. It's definitely hard. I learned a lot of lessons in that first move that we did that I applied to our second move. So being able to kind of like find my people when we moved to Texas happened so much faster than it did with that first move. And so really kind of part of my hope is to be able to bring my experience in that and kind of what I've learned along the way to help people find the most direct route to their people and kind of know what are the things to do not to do that's really going to get you there in the in the most direct way possible. I think we all know that connections take time to build. But it didn't have to take as long as it did my first time around if I would have learned a few things a little bit more quickly.
0: Yeah, right. So what definition would you give to a village? because I know a lot of people talk about like different people
1: being a part of your village and of support. And so what would your definition of it be? Yeah, it's definitely, you know, used very loosely out there, I think, as you've seen. And, you know, when I think about a village, I do think about it in a very broad sense. So I do think about it as my support network, like who is helping me day to day, And who am I actually doing life with? And so when I reflect on my village, when I think about it, there's obviously like my inner village. So my husband and my kids, but my outer village is just as critical. And it includes everyone from our childcare providers to our house cleaner, to our friends. And obviously I think you're hearing from me that I'm probably most passionate about helping women find their circle in their outer village that they can go deeper with. You know, obviously my childcare providers and my house cleaner are some of like the favorite parts of my village, but I don't necessarily go deep with them into relationships. I'm not necessarily like doing life with them, but I do life with my friends and those connections really bring me a lot of value and I can see how they bring other people value too. But at the same time, like I wouldn't have the time or the bandwidth to spend with, with my friends without some of the supportive aspects of my village, you know, helping with my kids and helping my house run. So in one way, it's just totally all interconnected, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And definitely the name of your podcast, The Connected Mom Life, that kind of captures all of that, so...
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've started some episodes and I'm obviously focusing right now a lot on kind of like finding your people. But what I am hoping to do with the podcast is, you know, also to tackle those topics that like, okay, so if you want to spend time with friends, you need to have like your kids taken care of. How do you navigate that conversation with your husband telling him, you know, you need some more kind of like room in your schedule to be able to do these things, or mm-hmm. how do you create an army of babysitters? So we're really kind of wanting to tackle it all in that community because yeah, you can give you tips on like how to find your friends, but if you can't spend any time with them, you know, what's the point?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So what are some of the tips that you would give to moms looking to find or build their own village?
1: Oh, I love this one. So my biggest tip is mindset. So before I say more about this, Kelly, I have actually have a question for you. I am curious, what percentage of women do you think want more? From their friendships?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I would say 75%. Oh, ding, ding, ding. That That is it. Oh,
1: really? 75%. <laughs> yes. So that's awesome that you either know that or think that because I'm hoping then you will tell me some of these things actually haven't crept into your mindset. So when I talk with women about friendship and about kind of finding their people, I often find that the biggest thing holding them back isn't actually like the how to, Mm -hmm. it's actually the lies that they're telling themselves before they even attempt to try. And so when I moved first moved to Philadelphia, I told myself so many lies. Like, you know, I often met people and my first thought was, oh, well, she looks like she has enough friends already. So she probably doesn't want to be friends with me or, oh, that conversation was really nice, but she probably doesn't want to go deeper because she was just being polite. And so when I moved to Philly, every person that I encountered, I carried those beliefs with me, which ultimately I found figured out were lies into our initial conversation because, because as women, we greatly fear rejection. And so one of our defense mechanisms because of that fear is that we pre-reject. And so what I figured out I was doing was I was pre-rejecting almost every potential connection I was meeting. And so when I learned the statistics about the fact that, oh no, actually most women want more from their friendships or they want more friends or they want deeper connections. That's when I realized, oh, okay. So, you know, I'm not really the odd one out here. The majority actually want more friends. And so then everything really flipped. This was probably like our third year into the move. So, oh my gosh, like the time I wasted. And I realized like, okay, it's It's actually safe for me to assume that people want to be friends with me if they're having an interaction with me. Like that's a safe assumption to make at this point in the conversation. And so my mindset completely shifted and I started assuming that everyone wanted to be friends with me. Versus no one. And while that probably wasn't, you know, totally all the time true, that is actually when everything changed for me and my networks really exploded. So, my biggest tip for anyone that is looking for more connection is to just make sure that your head is right. We've just been fed so many lies about friendship over the years. And the first lie actually begins at a really young age, too. And that is the lie that friendships just happen. And like, when we think back, like Kelly, if you think back to growing up, like you probably had friends and you don't quite remember how you made them. They just seemed to happen naturally when we were little. And when it doesn't happen as easily as an adult, what we start to do is we start to think that there's something wrong with us. Mm -hmm. When what the difference really is, is consistency. Like we just don't have the consistent interactions That we used to because of school. Mm -hmm. And so it takes more time and effort on our part to actually create the conditions for friendship. And so it feels really hard. But instead of thinking, gosh, these conditions are frustrating, we start thinking, gosh, I guess, like, since friendship isn't happening for me really easily, I guess it's me. And like, if you can get over some of kind of those initial roadblocks, the how-to part becomes so much easier.
0: Yeah. I love that you're saying all of this because I had exactly the same mindset. And I think it's only been really like in the past year that I kind of opened myself up more to mm-hmm. just putting myself mm-hmm. out there and kind of saying, well, what's the worst that can happen if I, you know, reach out or send a text or say, Hey, we're doing yeah. this. Or, do you guys want to join? they'll say no, but then is that really like the end of the world? (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Right. Well, and it's so funny you say that too. I was actually just chatting with some girlfriends who we have gone deeper. We consider, you know, we're definitely a crew and we were kind of reflecting on like, okay, what is so great about like, our connection. And one of them was like, oh my gosh, I knew I made it with you when you told me no. It was like, they had offered like something to do. And I was like, oh, I can't do it. Sorry. And they're like, oh, cool. Like we can tell each other no and still be friends. Like this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Like that doesn't mean like, okay, never. It just was like, no, that one time doesn't work for me. Like I still like you. We're good.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. It's not a rejection. It's not a personal rejection. It's just, um, my schedule doesn't work right now for Mm -hmm. that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: no, definitely love this advice. Yeah, I think it's so important for us to have these connections and especially as we're all going through Trying times, I mean, this year, and then just in general with young children and all the things that are on our plates, Mm -hmm. having those connections, I think are so, so important to
1: our well-being. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So that kind of goes into the next question I had for you. And I talk about mom mental health a lot. And that was kind of my intent for both my blog and podcast and talking about how moms can better take care of their mental health and, you know, do things to kind of um, do things for themselves in terms of taking care of themselves so they can take care of their families. So what is your thoughts on building a village to help with mom mental health?
1: Yeah, I personally think it's critical. I know that getting outside help with your kids and your house removes lots of daily and weekly pressure. And by removing some of that pressure, that removes a huge amount of mental load that I think can free up energy to invest better in your people, like your partner, your kids, and you know, obviously your friends. And I think some of that initial work and setting all of that up feels really hard in the midst of just the day-to-day career stuff, kid stuff, partner stuff, like, there's just already enough with like our inner village (laughs) to just keep functioning, Mm -hmm. you know, to stop and to systematize it in some way or to even make space for more connections feels really, really overwhelming. And particularly, you know, if you're a mom that is in a bad, you know, mental space, you know, I think we all kind of like ebb and flow a bit. And I think anytime anyone's in a lower space of that, it gets even harder. Like everything becomes exponentially harder. And so to even imagine, you know, going and attempting to see a friend, hang out with a friend, Attempting to even set up, you know, (laughs) that interaction just feels really, really heavy. And so one, I mean, obviously I think you know, we need to watch out for each other. And anytime we personally, anytime I actually don't hear from friends, I reach out like in kind of their normal rhythms. I actually just did this a couple months ago. One of my girlfriends, she's just like our upbeat peppy one in our group. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of constantly sending memes and funny things. And, you know, obviously via, you know, in the midst of COVID, we just haven't been seeing each other quite as much, but then all of a sudden, like the text kind of slowed a bit. And I actually just like personally reached out to her outside of our kind of group area. And I was like, Hey, I just want to know if you're okay. Like you've been a little quiet. (laughs) And she was like, Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm good. And then she was like, wait, no, I'm not. Okay. (laughs) And She's like, thank you. I don't even think I realized it wasn't okay. You know, but just like even kind of watching out for people's behavior, I think is really important too. But yes, I I mean, if you can muster the ability to really work on building your village, it can, the initial work can feel so hard, but the return on that investment is going to pay back in spades.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love that. How you said checking up on friends. I think that's so important. I think sometimes we get in our own schedules and habits Mm -hmm. and just get busy and sometimes forget about those things, but you never know who might be struggling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I would consider myself pretty much an introvert. Sometimes I can be more outgoing or kind of in the middle, but I would say like by nature introverted. So I've struggled with finding meaningful connections with people pretty much my entire life. So I guess what advice would you give to people like that who, you know, are more they go inward when yeah. they're kind of taking time off or they're reflecting, like they're not so much inclined to reach out to people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really great, great question. And I know you mentioned to me earlier too, that like you even live in a really small community mm-hmm. and I, I feel for you in many ways. I think there's actually like some really unique opportunities, but there's also some challenges I think that come with, with smaller communities because, you know, there are sometimes just very established groups and networks that can feel like really hard to break into if even impossible, so right. Uh, <laughs> I definitely feel for you there. And then on top of it, obviously, you know, with introvert uh, being an introvert, I know can add like an additional level of like anxiety, you know, about how to navigate that situation. And so, first, I would say, like, I would remind you that it's actually not about the number of connections you have; it's always about the quality. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you might hear me say some stories about, oh, this group of girlfriends and that group of girlfriends, and. That's okay. Like, that is what works for me. I've kind of created the priority to be able to even manage that many people. And they each kind of do like some different things for me. Like, the whole thing about connections is they're supposed to fill you up, and different people fill me up in different ways for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And so, really, what I pay attention to is like the connections that I do have currently are they filling me up? And if you have one connection and it's really filling you up, like that's great. You actually might be good, (laughs) you know, on connections too. And so I always just kind of like to talk about that, like quality versus quantity and just checking in with yourself. Like, what is it that you actually need? And then when it comes to like, you know, what to say or how to say it, I know you mentioned earlier, like, you know, it can be awkward. And, you know, I do think that the struggle there is really real. And And I have struggled with that too. And my biggest advice here is actually to practice Mm -hmm. before going into settings where you have the potential to meet someone. So I personally actually even brainstorm a set of potential conversation starters before I go to a space where I have a hunch, I'm going to meet someone that, you know, maybe there, you know, there could be a meaningful connection there. So I'm going to want to be able to engage in a way that I'm comfortable in, Mm -hmm. but in general, I'm not comfortable. (laughs) So I personally find that I need a plan and that does wonders to alleviate nerves when you're going into an intimidating setting. So I'll give you kind of some of my favorites to like break the ice. And these are things I've practiced before I go out. So like if I'm going to someplace where there's going to be like moms and kids, One of the first things I will often say, like when I see another mom there with another kid, maybe around the same age and like, we're all chasing after our kids. It's not like we're having this like lovely, we're not all standing on the side all together and they're playing beautifully. (laughs) It's like this, like, oh, and you don't really know like the rules. Like, you know, I got to be all over my kid, you know, making sure they're being nice and all that. So we're all like wandering around this playground, like trying to keep these kids alive. And so like, as I will pass another mom in the midst of this, I'll be like, oh my gosh, these kids are so crazy. Like it's not not even a question. It's not even a hi. It's just a, like, I am acknowledging her presence Mm -hmm. and the fact that we are in kind of this like crazy scenario. So that's one thing I will do to just kind of like, Hey, I want to let you know that I'm open to a conversation. And so that's one of the things I'll throw out there. Another thing I will throw out there, if I want to like get it going and start to engage, I'll be like, Oh, your kid's adorable. Like how old is he or Mm -hmm. she? And then I will think about follow-up questions for that. If I'm not in like a kid setting, I'll often like start off with a compliment. Like, Oh, I love your bag or your shoes or your stroller.
0: Yeah. That's (laughs) usually a good (laughs) conversation starter.
1: (laughs) Yes. Anything kid related, like when it comes to products is huge. Like moms are always like wanting to share what Mm -hmm. they have found. And like, and then usually after like a little bit of back and forth, I'll always go, Oh, I'm Emily by the way. And then that's usually their cue to say their name. And so, yes, like I still think that can feel awkward, but like Mm -hmm. to your point earlier, a moment or two of awkwardness is well worth the goal of like starting to at least kind of like get the ball rolling to see if there could be a connection there at some point. But then the other thing I always say to introverts is that I really think it's important to give yourself grace and to give yourself space. Mm -hmm. So if you do the work of showing up like, oh my gosh, you need to reward your, like give yourself a reward for that. <laughs> you no, know, that was hard. Yeah. And like, before you show up, think about what your reward is going to be. Like, does that mean you get to take a bubble, get, bubble bath tonight by yourself, you know, or do you get to go get ice cream? Like whatever it is that like would get you jazzed, but like, Make sure you have a reward ready for yourself to do the hard thing and make sure that ideally that thing is going to also help to restore your energy after, because there's just like this misconception that introverts are just awkward by nature or, you know, and that's honestly true. You just get your energy from being alone. So make sure that you are ready (laughs) to be alone after (laughs) that interaction and get yourself kind of re-energized because if you just keep putting yourself out there over and over and over, it's just going to feel exhausting and never worth it to you because you're just going to feel so, so depleted. So it's got, it's a balance of like, show up, re-energize, show up, re-energize. And if you can kind of keep that rhythm going, you're going to be so much more likely to continue showing up because you're going to know, like, (laughs) just say it like bluntly, like the pain will end, you know, and eventually (laughs) like you will get to a space where it's not as painful. And, you know, it starts to, to kind of naturally get to a space with someone that you can have a more natural conversation. So- there's a, I guess, a lot of things I would say. I actually have a, a guide that walks through making friends that provides like a lot of tangible examples about like how I even get the contact information and all that. So I could keep going for hours and I will stop doing that, but oh, <laughs> just wanted nice. to yeah. mention that as well.
0: Yeah, at the end of this episode, definitely let everybody know where they can find that guide.
1: Um, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But
0: yeah, the I definitely agree in being an introvert. I have to kind of layer my like, interaction, you know, even in recording these podcasts, I have to like take a break. I can't record like five of them in a row. (laughs) Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. Yeah. And it's so funny. Like I was thinking about, you know, the practicing piece. I think people like sometimes think that, I don't know, in some ways seems lame, but it's like, no, <laughs> I do the same thing for like job interviews. I will, you know, look at the job description that I'm interviewing for, and I will, you know, come up with how I'm going to going to share different stories about how my experience matches with what they're looking for. And I go into that interview so prepared and so comfortable because I've practiced. I don't even care what questions they throw my way at that point. I know what I want them to know about me, and I feel confident I can steer you know, steer them there. So practicing right. really, it's huge in all aspects of life.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's definitely great advice. So I guess let's not forget about the extroverts too. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to those who And I don't want to say like tend to make friends super easy, but I mean, in a sense, like, so I'm thinking back to my childhood where my younger brother, like would always be bringing like 10 kids over. And I'm like, where did you get these kids from? Like he could just make friends (laughs) so easily. (laughs) Um, So what advice would you give to them in trying to establish meaningful connections?
1: Yeah. Well, I love this question. I do agree with you. I think sometimes extroverts, the challenge they have is that they cast their net so wide that they do start to lack meaningful and deep connections because they're just like, oh, I thought the point was to just know a lot of people. <laughs> but it's like, no, it's really about quality and what you need. Again, kind of coming back to that idea mm-hmm. of what fills you up. And so, you know, anyone who knows me in real life knows that I love like a really good reflection exercise. So usually once a year, what I will do is I will actually think about the state of my village because I want to make sure that I'm prioritizing the right relationships. And that is really my biggest advice for extroverts is to think it's a great strategy initially to cast a really wide net, especially if you just move to a new city or a new neighborhood. But then kind of once you realize who you're connecting with, that's when you need to start kind of prioritizing to make sure that you can take those connections to some deeper places because, you know, the deeper you go with your friends, honestly, the more joy you feel from those connections in those relationships. And so usually once a year, I will reflect on the state of my village, which, you know, all aspects, childcare, husband, all that, but that includes friendships. And so like, what is the state of them? And so if we have just moved, the state of my friendships is probably limited. And so my goal that year is going to be focusing on casting a wide net, much like, you know, kind of the extrovert tendency. But the next year, what's likely to happen is that my focus that next year is going to be focused a little bit more on depth. My hope is that in that first year, I've collected a lot of contact information for people, but now I actually have to get to know them better. And so in Texas, my second move wasn't bringing the lies with me that I had in Philly to make friends. I was pretty forward with every interaction I had with someone and I would get their contact information on the first meeting, pretty much. And what I would do with that is I would follow up just so that they had my contact information, make sure they remembered how they met me and all that good stuff. And then what I ultimately did was I scheduled a wine night because what also happened in that second year in Texas was I went back to work. And so I just didn't have any, it was so much harder to hang out with people because of working and being a mom and my husband traveled. And so I couldn't even leave the house anyway. My husband wasn't around, so I'd have to hire a sitter. So what I decided to do was I decided to host a weekly wine night for moms. And I sent out like a really kind of blanket or a wide email. to So many of the moms I met the year before and just said, Hey, like, I think you're cool. And I'd love to spend time with you, but it's really hard to find the time and to plan. And so what if I just have my door open every Wednesday night? And if you want to come over, like come over, wear your pajamas. Don't even worry about bringing anything. Honestly, we've got so much wine and chocolate in this house. Like I can sustain us for a year. Just come. No RSV necessary. The doors open. And it was awesome. Like on average, one to three moms came a week. And I think I invited 15. And so it was perfect. I prefer small groups and it was mm-hmm. great. And then what happened from there is that I started to connect with more of them a little bit more than others. And so that third year when I was doing kind of this reflection exercise, I was like, you know what? I want to hang out more with these two. We're hanging out a lot as friends. And now we're starting to with our kids as well, but we want to get our husbands in the mix. So like the goal that year is to do more couples nights. And so I I literally say, okay, each month I want to make sure that I'm seeing this friend group, That We're having this kind of an experience with some couples. I want to try a dinner night with our neighbors that we just met to see if they might be willing to see if that goes anywhere. Sometimes I'm just trying things. I'm not even sure that they're going to take off. But like, Mm -hmm. I know that I'm trying to like deepen some things. I'm trying to see if some things are going to get off the ground at all. And so I'm very intentional. And very much prioritizing that. I don't always say yes to every opportunity that comes my way because right now I am in a space of, I am lucky enough to have like kind of a wide net, you know, in the first year I said yes to everything that came my way. So it always just kind of depends upon where you're at. I think in the state of what you want in your village. And prioritizing that becomes really key because time is not infinite. It just isn't. And so our calendar has some limited spaces and kind of once I found like where I could fit people in, that's where I start inviting people. And I love my biggest, actually, like one of my, I call it a friend hack is like, when you look at your calendar and you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where I would do anything with a friend. Like, what are those things you could do with someone? So like I do walk every day. Someone could join me on that or I eat dinner every day. Like somebody could bring their kids over and eat dinner with us. So really trying to be like strategic and like, I know technically our brains can't multitask, but like if I can double dip, I do. (laughs) Like if I'm on my walk, I'm listening to a podcast or I'm talking to a friend. Like I've never just on a walk. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So in all areas of my life, I'm like, how can I do two of something at the same time?
0: (laughs) I'm the same way. And I love that. Yeah. that I love that. Just trying to find opportunities
1: to invite people in to your Mm -hmm. everyday life. Into your life. Because the whole point is you want to do life with people. You don't want to do it alone. So it's like, it doesn't just have to be these, oh, let's make a wine night or, oh, let's, you know, make these like intentional experiences. Those are great. And I do think those are important. But my favorite part of my circle today is that it's like, Hey, my kids are bored. Are your kids bored? can you just come over? Yeah. We'll just we'll put them in the pool and we'll sit and just watch them and chat. Yeah. So that's ultimately my goal. When I move to a new city, I want to get to that point. And I know what it takes is some of this work, but gosh, once you're there, I mean, how great is that? Hey, can you just come over? (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like, that's the best to me. That's part of the goal.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I think this fall, especially a lot of moms are going to be needing some connection time with all of the craziness going on mm-hmm. with the uncertainty in the pandemic and kids either going back to school or not going back, e-learning, yep. going to be a lot going on. So I think it's really important for us to try to make those connections.
1: Agree. Yeah. I'm actually going to work on a, on an episode specifically about how to connect with people in the midst of COVID because it kind of like all the rules have changed, you know? And so it's like, gosh, how do we navigate this now? So it's, it's hard.
0: Yeah, definitely. And in just this conversation has made me think about how this pandemic has upset people's villages pretty Mm -hmm. much because, you know, the childcare wasn't there. Your friends, like you're not really seeing your friends. So you might be chatting on video, but after a while, it's not the same. So just a lack of all those connections, I think, can really impact people.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's definitely, I think we're seeing that it's taking its toll.
0: Mm -hmm. So what would you say, if you can tell the listeners one thing they can start doing today to start building their village and making more connections, what would you
1: tell them to do? Mm. So women are funny. And in general, like, We like to be pursued, but when it comes to friendship, if we both keep waiting for someone else to pursue, it's just not going to happen. And so (laughs) the biggest thing I encourage women to do is to put on the pursuer, the initiator hat. And I do think that if we can all stop walking around thinking that everyone else has enough friends or that they don't want to be friends with me, like a lot of the nervousness will go away with kind of being the initiator, kind of some of those doubts and fears. And so one thing I think those listening can do today is to be the initiator, send a text to a friend or a potential friend that you've met and suggest a next connection point, whether that is virtual or whether that is in person. I think today you can be the initiator with one person. And then tomorrow, I think you can initiate again. Sometimes that's all people need is to, be the, is to be pursued. And so since you all are the ones listening, you get to be the pursuers. And that is the one thing I think today you can do to really start moving towards the village of your dreams, the village that will really bring you life-giving connection and joy.
0: Yeah. I love that. I'm definitely going to take that advice. So I think that's awesome.
1: I'm excited to hear. I will follow up with you tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) Especially now. Um, so I have vacation next week from my corporate job. So I'm excited about that. So I I have a little opportunity here to kind of try to make some more connections.
1: Yeah. Or even just do some reflecting on like, okay, if I'm going to pursue more connections, like what makes sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, awesome. So the rest of what I wanted to ask you is just kind of a little bit more about yourself and kind of some of the things you like and what you're working on and what you're excited for coming up. Yeah, fun. Let's do it. So I talk a lot on my blog, especially about building kind of a non-negotiable list as a mom. Uh, So Mm -hmm. something like a practice that you do daily to start your day or end your day on a positive note. Would you consider yourself to have a practice like that? And what is it?
1: Yeah, I would say that I definitely have like, I call them daily rhythms and weekly rhythms in terms of like practices that help me ideally live a life that is not chaotic. That's ultimately my goal every day. Is lessen the chaos. I love it. Um, that. So <laughs> that's like pretty much the goal: lessen the chaos, spend more time in quality interactions with my people. Like those are my two goals every day, and I find that chaos tends to help me with the quality connection. So, or lessening the chaos. So, probably my morning rhythm. It involves a lot of beverages. I drink water. I like force myself to drink a sixteen ounces before I'm allowed to have coffee. Um, okay. But ultimately, I'm just trying to get to the coffee. And so like, that's like my little, okay, drink water if you want your coffee. And then I just try to get a little bit of quiet in my mornings right now. I would say they ebb and flow probably every, you know, couple months they look a little different, but right now I'm getting up early, pretty consistently and working on the podcast. And getting some time in there, I have found if I can get in an hour of, you know, what I consider to be my passion project right now with this podcast, the rest of my day feels great because I felt already super productive and I got what I accomplished on that passion project done. So that's been huge for me, but I haven't always been able to get up early every day. So I can't say it's a total non-negotiable, but the coffee is for sure non-negotiable.
0: Oh yeah. I'm right there with you on the coffee. (laughs) So what would you consider? So say you're having a hard day, maybe things aren't going right, and something that you would do to kind of snap yourself or your family out of that and like a working mom hack or something that you would do to kind of turn the day around.
1: Yeah. So to turn the day around for myself, I will go for a walk. There are a lot of work emergencies. Honestly, I've got um, got a lot this week, but usually something can be okay for 30 minutes. So I'll go try to get my head right. Um, with a walk, get out in nature with my kids. What I will try to do is I will turn on music. I have found that that can often like break up whatever is going on. That's been kind of like my kid go-to for like, oh my gosh, this has to change. <laughs> what are we going love do? that? Yeah. Yeah. So they, we have an Alexa. So then everybody gets a turn to ask Alexa to play a certain song. Mm -hmm. And so it, it works out.
0: Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. So who would you consider to be your favorite or most influential, either like podcasters, bloggers, or authors or other experts that you follow?
1: You know, I'm just realizing, so I'm going to share two, and they line up really well with both of my goals of lessening chaos, and increasing connection. And so my expert for lessening chaos in life is Ali Casaza. She hosts The Purpose Show, which is a podcast. She also has a lot of courses on... You know removing clutter in your life in all aspects like your stuff but then also like what are you spending time on that you don't need to spend time on or what is like what are you constantly reacting to in your day that you could just prepare for a little bit more easily so it doesn't feel chaotic. So she I kind of call her a life minimalist. Uh and so she is my like guru for all things like okay let's like lessen the chaos that's going on here. And my favorite author is Shasta Nelson and she is a friendship expert and she is amazing in helping women understand friendship and understand kind of like what holds us back from making friends, even how to deal with like toxic friendships. So she's been really helpful for me in some of these moves and just kind of understanding like she was instrumental. And in even for me being able to identify some of the roadblocks that were holding me back from friendships and now kind of spreading her message through this podcast as well.
0: Yeah. That's so funny. Allie Castaza, she was actually recommended by my last podcast guest as well. I love it. Yeah. Um, she's so great. then I looked her up last week and I started listening to the podcast
1: and yeah, I love it so far. Yeah. She like gives you a good like kick in the rear. You know, like if you have an excuse for something, she'll be like, that is not an excuse. Let me tell you why. Yeah. Um, So she's great. Great. Tell it like it is, girl.
0: Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. So what are you currently working on? in the Connected Mom Life that you're most excited about?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I mentioned that I just launched the Connected Mom Life podcast. I am really just super pumped about the topics that we're going to cover and the guests that we've got lined up. I actually, this week, as we're recording, I launched um, with three episodes and it has been really fun to see how everyone, like which episodes people are gravitating towards and everyone, it's so funny, are like skipping to episode three. And episode three is all about why it is hard to make friends as an adult. And so it is really hitting a nerve and it's been awesome to hear the feedback. It's awesome to hear that it's resonating. It's giving people a lot to think about, and they're feeling more energized to be able to put themselves out there And grow their villages. So I'm super pumped about that. I am also kind of just starting work on creating a working title is essentially like a connection mastermind. so I work with a small group of women that kind of want more connection or deeper connections in their lives and really go into depth on a lot of things we talked about today and like really giving women tools on how to do some reflective things to know like what's going to make sense for you. Like the way how my village functions, how my circles function are great for me, but I don't recommend that everyone rep what I'm doing, it works for me. Right. And so I want to help women figure out what's going to work for you, what's going to give you life and kind of walk through some exercises to figure that out. And then like really help you with the how to, because you know, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, it can definitely feel really overwhelming. So yeah, kind of excited about all those things.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. I, yeah, I did get the chance to listen to your first two episodes. So I'll have to check out your third
1: episode. Um, yes, the one everyone is like flocking to, yeah,
0: yeah, that Check sounds yeah, that sounds like mm-hmm. something i I need to listen to. So, and then you had mentioned earlier, you did you have
1: a free guide that listeners can sign up for? I do. Yeah. So when I really reflected on like, okay, how did I make friends so much more quickly in Texas? there were kind of five things I did. And so in this guide, I'll walk you through what those five things were, and I will give you tangible examples things like tangible examples like conversation starters and how to ask for contact information on the first meeting in a non-creepy way. Because I know it feels like, (laughs) how the heck do you do that? And I promise you, it is not that hard. And I've literally never been turned down. I've collected hundreds of social media handles and cell phone numbers over the years with this method. It is not as hard as it sounds. So I'll teach it to you. And what's really exciting too, because I always follow up with those numbers there's only ever been one person that never followed back up. And so sure, if I would have let that one, maybe that one person didn't like me. Maybe, honestly, (laughs) I'm choosing to think she was just too busy or she was like, this isn't going to go anywhere. I'm about to move anyway, blah, blah, blah. And so even if it was that she didn't like me, if I would have let that stop me, think of like all the friends I wouldn't have today because I let that one person you know, derail me. So it's really not as hard as you think. And if you can get over some of those kind of like mindset roadblocks, which I'll talk through a little bit in that guide as well. Yeah. It's really a great starting point. If you're like, what do I do? (laughs) How do I approach either making friends or growing my friendship circles?
0: Yeah. That sounds amazing. And we'll definitely, I will put all the links to that information in the show notes. So the listeners can check that out. Yeah. That's awesome. Where's the place you hang out most online where the listeners can find you?
1: Yes. Well, and you probably know this Kelly, but I love Instagram at the the Connected Mom Life is where I hang out most. And pretty much everything else is at the Connected Mom Life. Same with Facebook, same with my website, theconnectedmomlife.com. And we've even got like a private Facebook group as well of women that are supporting each other as we build our in real life villages. So come check that out too.
0: Perfect. Sounds great. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And I hope that people can get some valuable information out of this. I know I did. I have some tangible steps that I'm going to start practicing. So thank you so much. Thanks, Kelly. This has been great. Thank you so much for listening in today to Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes of this episode for all the links to what we've talked about today. Also, head on over to theworkingmomcollective.com to sign up for my free five-day challenge for creating a working mom non-negotiable routine. We've all been there, stressed out, burnt out, and overwhelmed as working moms handling all of the things. My free challenge will walk you through, step-by-step, my exact method for creating a working mom routine That takes you from burnout to actually waking up and feeling great about your day. And finally, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review if you have a few minutes. Tell your working mom friends and anyone else that might be interested in this content. I'd love as many moms as possible to gain value from the podcast. If you'd like to nominate someone or yourself to be a guest, please contact me at kelly at Collective.com. I am so happy you chose to listen in today, and I cannot wait to dive into next week's topic with you.